0: Lord be with you a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew when Jesus heard that John had been arrested he withdrew to Galilee he left Nazareth and went to live in Capernaum by the sea in the region of Zebulon and Naphtali that what had been said through Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled land of Zebulon and land of Naphtali the way to the sea Beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. The people who sit in darkness have seen a great light. On those dwelling in a land overshadowed by death, light has arisen. From that time on, Jesus began to preach and say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. As he was walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea. They were fishermen. He said to them, Come after me, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. He walked along from there and saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, Zebedee, mending their nets. He called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. He went around all of Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and curing every disease and illness among the people. The gospel of the Lord. Lord It's really starting right now in the gospel, it's what we hear. We hear this, this beginning, in a sense, of Jesus going about... Preparing for the mission. When we hear that that prophecy in the first reading, and it's repeated again in the Gospel from Isaiah, it's really important to understand why. One, it's because Jesus is aware of the Word, because He is the Word, but also because He's a scholar of it. He's aware of the Old Testament. He's aware of the prophecies. And prophecy, again, is not some, you know, mystical orb kind of thing telling the future, but it's a declaration of God. It's telling something about God and what he's about to do or planning on doing. So this Isaiah prophecy is referencing the Messiah, and Jesus uses it to actually reference himself. That's where he came from, Nazareth, was considered a gloomy, dark place in that current time. So he's coming out of this land of dark and gloom to become the light for those that he encounters. Along with that, we hear in that second reading today, this separation, this division almost, that Paul is trying to correct, trying to remedy in a sense because people are saying, well, I'm from this person, I'm from this person, I'm from this denomination, I'm from that denomination. Sound familiar? He says, but all of you are from Christ. All of that originated from him. When did we lose that idea? Why is there still this bickering today? Why is there still 21 other churches here in Wabash? We're from Christ. And it is to Christ we go back. So, in this call today, essentially the first vocation calls we hear, we have to look at these disciples who become apostles. We have to look at these individuals. Why did Jesus pick them? What was so special about them? They weren't scholars, they didn't know the law, they didn't come from wealth or prestige. They were simple fishermen, simple fishermen, who, when asked, went immediately. There's no reference in the gospel of them asking questions. There's no reference in the gospel of them delaying. There's no reference in the gospel of anything except they dropped their nets and went but then we don't hear anything about them. Because even though they've been called, they have to now watch and they have to learn from the Master. They have to follow Jesus to to learn what He does and why He does it and how He does it, and then soon He'll give them the authority and the power to go and do the same. But for all of us who are being called as Christians... We must first turn back to God our Father, Jesus the Son, the Holy Spirit and watch what they do, how they do it, and why before we can ever go out and do it ourselves. Maybe, maybe what's most important right now is for us to reclaim the call that Christ has already offered to us. To reclaim the call to say, follow me. If I were to go around to each person here and said, Hello, I'm Father Jay. Tell me your name. Follow me. I doubt any of you would do it. And at the same time, I think there might be one or two that would. Would you do it immediately? Time will tell. But in a sense, Jesus wants to come to each of us, call us by name and say, follow me. Come with me. Join me in the mission. Join me in this adventure. Join me in this unknown. And we can have plenty of excuses why not to. I have a job. I have a life. I have kids. I have school. I don't want to. All right. And yet, nothing stopped them. Why? I don't know. Maybe they were tired of fishing. <laughs> Maybe they were sick and tired of mending nets. Who knows? But the invitation Christ has for all of us is to follow Him. Today was a, a really full day for me. It was beautiful, but exhausting. Started with a funeral in Fort Wayne, went on to a wedding, came back here, Confessions, Mass now. And there was this beautiful moment in all of that that kind of made me just think this homily doesn't really matter anymore, so I should probably just like get rid of it. Thanks. The funeral this morning was for a, a deacon of our diocese. Deacon Jim Fitzpatrick, awesome guy, was ordained in 2011, married even before that to his wife Karen for 40 plus years. They have one daughter, Kristen. He grew up in Ohio and went to his home parish of St. Vincent de Paul, and when they moved to Fort Wayne, they found themselves again at St. Vincent de Paul. His family uh, started a, a company called Quality Dining, and it's done very well in this diocese and in the country. But he's always found, Deacon Jim has always found his heart to be at the service of the church. Before he was ordained as a deacon, he served as the MC, the master of ceremonies for Bishop Darcy, Bishop Rhodes. And he was really good. It's kind of terrifying, actually. Big guy. Big guy. And yet he always found a way to to break the the tension, the the intensity. His life was one of complete and devoted service. He followed the Lord wherever he was asked to go. And he did it without any hesitation. As he grew older, he had a a beautiful voice. He provided that in the choir and, and he just did amazing stuff. But he got really sick really really sick to the point that he had to have a majority of his leg amputated that didn't stop him from learning how to use a prosthetic didn't stop him from proclaiming the gospel at mass and even in all of that through all the procedures when he lost his vocal cords he could no longer sing it never stopped him from proclaiming the gospel so that's him His wife Karen works for our diocese and she's also had a lot of illness and the joke had always been that together they made one healthy person. In the times where Deacon Jim couldn't walk, she walked. Or he couldn't speak, she spoke. She struggled a lot with her hands, dexterity and feeling, and he had these big strong hands and he would do all the work around the house that he could. To watch that funeral where we had 40 deacons, 30 priests, bishop. I mean, it was amazing and beautiful. To watch that funeral, to see that relationship, that vocational journey of their marriage to his service to the church because a permanent deacon, really, it's the wife as well that is called their service to the church, to see that, and then to go and witness and celebrate a wedding where a young couple was beginning this journey. Tori and Mitchell. Tori grew up at St. Vincent. She was a phenomenal cantor. Mitchell grew up kind of non-practicing. They both teach math, so God bless them for that. And little kids at that. But today they started their journey of vocation into marriage. Again, following the Lord, this call, this invitation, follow me. And I just can't fully wrap my head around it, but I know there's something there the Lord wants us to to cling to. The beauty of service for decades upon decades by Deacon Jim and Karen to the new beginnings of Tori and Mitchell, all the way to this gospel today where jesus says you follow me and above everything else above all the the division the derision the the uncertainty of the world of of paul's letter all that stuff i think we have to go back to a basic root idea how do i respond to god's call How do I respond to the invitation that he's presented to me maybe time and time again? And is there a new invitation he's inviting me to enter into? And am I willing to respond with an immediacy? It's something we have to take to our prayer. It's something that we we have to discern with the Father. It's something that we have to reorient ourselves back to Christ to be able to discover this answer. Because it's starting today, brothers and sisters. The journey of faith is it's never stagnant. It's never stopping. It's always moving. And if we have images and witnesses and examples like Deacon Jim and Karen or Tori and Mitch or Mitchell or, or each other to follow the calls that God has put on our hearts to say, what does it take for me to forget myself and to remember the other, to surrender my preconceived notions, my ideas, my opinions, and say, God, let me, let me join it to you. Let me join it with this person. Let me join it to this community, this church. Maybe the most important thing that God is asking us today is to get out of our own way because we can become our greatest obstacle. So I invite us in this week to consider the the calls we've already received, those sacraments we've already encountered. I invite us to consider the invitation God is putting before us now through our friends, our peers, the church. And I invite us to consider where am I called to die to myself So that I can allow God to fill it, to fill the space. It's not easy. It's not going to be immediate. So be patient with yourself. But ask the question where have I seen the invitation? Where am I seeing the invitation? What must I do to accept? the invitation.